there, loyal listeners. Thank you for downloading the episode. Sincerest apologies for the late upload. It's been a hectic couple of weeks for both Matt and myself, but that said, we have a couple of cool things to talk about in this episode, so let's get right into it. Apologies if it takes a little while till we get to our next episode. Things, like I said, have been hectic, but we're sure to get back to getting you regular content before too long. So that said, thanks once again for downloading, and enjoy the show. of Six Hours Back. My name is Oliver. Joining me, as with every week, is my good friend and co-host, Matt. Hello there. Oh, geez, that was obnoxious and threw the uh, the audio charts all over the place. Um, apologies for all of your eardrums. I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm trying out a new microphone. Yeah, I mean, you, you sound good. That, that didn't, but generally you do. <laughs> um, how's it going this week? Ah, oh, pretty good, pretty good. I just got back from a sitting outside and and drinking wine for the for night. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've got myself a, a little cocktail that I made here as well. So it's it's a nice evening. Wonderful. So yeah, um, this week we're going to be talking about Ant Man and the Wasp, and we're going to have a pretty fun uh, top five as well at the end of the show. Um, we're going to skip the movie news this week because um, we're a little bit later in recording. Um, and want to make sure we can get something out to you as soon as possible. So with that in mind, um, let's get right into our movie review. Uh, we'll talk, as we always do generally, without spoilers for a while, and then we'll give you a, a spoiler warning before we get into the nitty-gritty of our review. So um, with that in mind, what did you think of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Matt? Um, I actually thought it was surprisingly great. Like, it was kind of super refreshing after Infinity War. Like, having a movie that... I didn't need to see 10 movies beforehand to to understand. Right? Like, it was just fun. Yeah, it was was like, okay, I need to see Ant-Man and maybe Civil War. Yeah. And that's about it, for the most part. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it was pretty solid. Like, I enjoyed it. Um, A lot of the... They gave a lot of time to characters that we didn't... That we definitely liked from the first one, and some of the new characters Mm -hmm. really worked for me as well. Um, Yes. I did have some problems with the movie, but overall I really liked it, and like, I think that this is one of those movies that, you know, it was, if this was like, if this was supposed to be like the Infinity War, I would have been really disappointed with the overall quality, but for what the Ant-Man property is, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, all things considered, like, really, really solid, like, it was a, it was a nice self-contained story that, you know, stuck to itself, um, and like, the, the, what it had already established as a property, like without, you know, it, it mentioned what was going on in, in other movies, but it didn't introduce any characters that were like super important to, to what was going on. Like, and that's kind of why I thought it was super refreshing. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed to watch a billion movies beforehand to, to understand what was going on. Yeah. I think that's like the best way to put it. And like, you know, it, this movie didn't need to be Infinity War. It didn't need to be, uh, you know, Civil War. It didn't even need to be like a Black Panther in terms of overall impact or what they were going for. This was just, yeah, hey, we, you know, we have this property. Let's make another movie out of it. Um, yep. You know, from a story standpoint, I don't expect this is going to be the most relevant moving forward. I mean, maybe some Quantum Realm stuff will get, you know, brought up in the future. This is just a fun movie, and I think the characters had great chemistry with the. Excuse me, the characters had great chemistry with each other. Um, I believe the interactions, they seem genuine, and I think that overall, like, I bought into the story. Yeah, and, like, beyond that even, like, I, I have to say, like, this is the, I I think this might be one of the best villains Marvel has produced. Are you talking about, uh, Ghost or Birch? Ghost. Now, you see, I, I really like Ghost as a character, and I thought that... She was played really well. The way they shot, like, like the way they showed her abilities, worked really well. I was a little bit frustrated with a little bit of how that plot got resolved, but we can talk about that in the spoiler section. Sure. Um, just because I feel like this is, it's like the kind of, it's it, the 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 conflict between her and the main characters could have been resolved with a ten minute conversation. Yeah, yeah, 
Probably, but um, at the same and that time, doesn't necessarily mean that it's it, it's not a satisfying storyline. Because um, you know, again, I bought into it and I be- I believed her, and I really like this idea of a villain that you know, because like there's a couple of different types of villains. There's like the Joker where they're just causing chaos and havoc because they're evil. There's you know self-serving villains that you know do what they're doing for particular gain, and then there's the ones like this where like you sympathize with what they're doing. It was, um, it was a very it was a very selfish villain, and I I kind of appreciated that, especially after, you know, uh, what are the, what are the last movies that we've had? We've had like Thor Ragnarok. We've had um, we've had uh, in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the one before uh, uh, Ragnarok? Uh, well, we had Black Panther in between those two. Sure. Okay. Um, before Ragnarok would have been Guardians Two. I don't know. It, it just felt like a very intimate story for a villain, like rather than like somebody who has huge, huge ideals. Mm-hmm. It just felt like very personal, and I kind of loved that. Yeah, and I feel like you know you said it's a selfish villain. Like I, I, I agree with you, but I think that generally the villains are selfish. But this one felt, um, like you know, like um, you know. Ego in Guardians 2 was selfish in that he wanted to take over the universe or whatever his plot was, you know? Loki sure. was selfish in the sense that he wanted to rule Earth. You know, Ghost is selfish because she wants to survive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a different kind of selfishness that works to kind of move that kind of storyline forward and make it so that people feel like they can connect with the character a little bit. And I think right. that, that really helps to make everything kind of come together in that sense. No, and I, like, and, I, and that's, I, I don't know, especially coming off of in, Infinity War, where they the person like Thanos had such like vast goals, mm-hmm. like this was just kind of, it, I, it, it felt like it was level setting. Yeah. It was like it was like the exact opposite, and I kind of loved it because of that. Like it, it with with huge universal like ramifications. This felt very personal, and like I don't know, it it felt it it, it felt needed, especially after after where in Infinity War set us. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. And I think that like it's very self-contained, and you know her motivations are selfish, and I don't want to even I don't even want to say like evil, but you know she's willing to sacrifice one person to save herself, and right, and I. From a self-preservation standpoint, you can't necessarily argue with that. No. Um, and, you know, she talk, you, know, you have a backstory a little bit, which is, you know, interesting, and you get to learn more about her. I, you know, I think we could have had a little bit more development, but given the amount of time that we actually spent on her character, I thought we got quite a lot about her. And yep. I think that that's, that's really interesting as well. Yeah, like, it, it is... Um, I, I thought it was, like... Sup- like for for a villain that didn't get like more than probably ten percent of the screen time, mm-hmm. really well done. Yeah, and I also think that her abilities—the idea of being invisible or intangible—really um, complemented the kind of shrinking and growing technology that the heroes have, and it oh, yeah. some really cool fight scenes. Absolutely, and and I I loved like, and this is sort of starting to get into spoilers, but like. The, the way that like associated with the the magic quote unquote that that uh, Scott had started doing oh yes that was so so lovely and I, like and the the like the idea of misdirection as a whole like concept I was like oh I know exactly where this is going as mm-hmm. soon as that that started I was like oh okay oh, cool, that was like cool, one cool, of my cool. favorite running gags and I, yeah. re- I really 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 loved um uh Oh, what's his name? Um, Wu. What's his, na- oh. what's his name? Um, the, 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 Randall Park. Yes, Randall Park's Randall character. Park. He was so funny. Yep. Also, in um, yeah, he's he's great in Fresh Off the Boat. By the way, like if you have not seen that show, it's it very very incredible. Like it's really funny and way better than I ever anticipated it being. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it, but I really like Randall Park, and I've seen him in. Um, well, the last thing I saw him in was Office Christmas Party, which isn't mm. a good movie, but his character is funny. Um, let's put it that way. I'm trying to remember if I actually watched that one or not. 
eh, it's okay. It's an okay movie. There's problems with it, but there's, you know, it, it's 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 fine if, for what it is. If nothing else, it's very forgettable. If mm-hmm. I have seen it, if not, I feel like I have seen it already. Yeah, yeah. But Randall Park was amazing, and you know, I just loved it. Like his obsession with the magic to a point where it's like, how did you do that? What? Like, no, the the card trick. <laughs> and, and, and then he's then he's like watching it in, in his office, and I'm like, oh, that's so that's so sweet. Like, yeah. It it felt like like Scott and him had a had a life outside of the movie, mm-hmm. which was kind of it was like oh I'm just gonna shoot you this YouTube link I go I don't know or something like that like it 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 kind of made the world feel a little bit more lived in right than I, that I think we've had before yeah for sure and you know you get the sense that like they've known each other for two years since like the end of Civil War when um Scott took the the plea deal or whatever whatever it was and you know. On, in some sense, Randall Park's character is an antagonist in the sense that it's the FBI agent that's trying to stop and catch Scott. But the other sense, it's like, you know, there's a relationship there, and he's trying to, you know, like at the end where it's like, did, did you want to grab dinner? And he's like, no, I meant right. I, I, I'll catch you next time, and like, I'll right. catch and you was, when, when you do crime again. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, oh, that's 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 kind of really sweet. Like, the way that they, they kind of get each other, but don't. Like, I don't know. It, it almost felt like a romantic comedy was forming between the two of them. Yeah. Um No, yeah. I, I like that. I, I liked the um the way he interact interacted with them. Um I love like there's a couple of like this movie's really funny. I mean it's not the I wouldn't say it's the funniest Marvel movie by a stretch, but there are moments in this movie that I think just really elevate it from a humor standpoint, and I think that for me the two standout parts of this movie are the action scenes and the humor. I think yes. the plot is fine. The villain is okay. Um, I do have some other problems with it. I'll talk more about when we get into spoilers. But the like the humor in some like some scenes, like when he's kind of running through the elementary school and he keeps changing sizes. Oh my god! I was I was I was literally in the theater alone mm-hmm. and I was dying. Oh, it was so that. funny though. And like when he's in that oversized hoodie and he's just going down the stairs. And the teacher, I, I don't know that actor's name who was playing the teacher, um, but like that was I've I've seen him in things before. I think he does like this college humor thing, like playing Google. Yeah, um, and he's perfect. He like he was absolutely perfect for the ki- for the teacher who cares while the kid is in the site. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he leaves, it is like ah, no, I'm not doing this <laughs> anymore. Uh, Brian Husky is the guy's name. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what he does besides, besides this. But like, it was, it was re- like kind of cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And he, he's in a, um, a, a lot of like stuff in just kind of smaller roles that are sure. entertaining. Um, but no, I love that. And then when he gets into the van and, he, and, the, and they're just goes like, "Hey, sport, how was school today?" <laughs> it was, it was like, and and. and the thing about that, I, I think we should probably start getting into spoilers at this point because, yeah. like, like the the relationship between Hank and and Scott, especially after having been gone from each other for two years, I don't know if I bought that, but it definitely felt like they were familiar with each other. Like, yeah, over yeah, no. yeah let's get into spoilers now. So, uh, spoiler warning: if you haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp, um, do you want to give it a, a rating and a, a you know rented buy it review? Um, I'll probably buy it. Um, yeah, like it's it's a solid eight in my mind. Like, I I can't like the the things that are not great are I think are very over like you can overlook them pretty mm-hmm. easily. I, I'll give it like maybe a six and a half to a seven somewhere in there. Um, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I'm not necessarily in a rush to see it again, um, but. It was definitely a serviceable movie. I, I liked it at least as much as the first one. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's all you can really ask with this kind of like Ant Man and the Wasp was never going to be the biggest Marvel movie. It was never going to be like the, I think the best, just because like they're not affording it the same amount of budget or the same amount of time as they are with the other movies. But the chemistry between um, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly was fantastic. The the mm-hmm. way that the other actors kind of. Even those in smaller roles like Randall Park and um, the young girl who played his daughter, like the way that they... Oh my god, she sold every single scene she was in, in my opinion. Yeah. She was absolutely wonderful. Like the way they did just they folded all that stuff in, made it so that 
it really just kind of took the movie up a notch from what it has any right to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things I think Marvel does really well, is it takes properties that should be mediocre films, and just, it elevates them. Like, there's no reason why Guardians of the Galaxy should be so fun. You know, it's a raccoon, a tree, and a couple of idiots. But yeah. the way they are able to make it work just, like, brings it up, right? And, like, Doctor Strange is, is kind of ludicrous as a as a character when, within the universe that they've created, and yet they make it work. And I think that a character like Ant-Man is almost just like it's a lot... It's it's almost just like they're making fun of DC. Like, look, you, you guys can't get Batman right and Superman right, and yet look what we're doing with Ant-Man. Have you heard of Ant-Man? Probably not, but it's still a better <laughs> movie than yours. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Like, and, and I like the fact that they... You know, like it, it would be very easy to recast... a a child actress. Right. But the fact that they had the same actress, Abby Ryder Forster, Forson, mm-hmm. Fortson, geez, that's a hard to pronounce name. Um, is it's really cool. Like it was like, no, this is, this is somebody that's two years older, like than she was last time. Like it, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was absolutely, I love the world building. The world building that they did in it is is, I think some of the this is definitely the best first sequel of any. Ooh, no, I take that back. Let's say Winter Soldier. Yep. Nope. Exactly. That's where my mind went. I was like, it's it's up there for a first sequel. It's definitely better than Iron Man two, and it's definitely better than Thor two. Yeah. And <laughs> I would argue it's better than Guardians two. No, I'm with you on that. All three of those aren't aren't, aren't fantastic. Um, and it's better than Ultron it, too. So yeah, like. This might be in the top, like, third Marvel movie. Yeah, I mean, we're, sure. we're getting to that point now. Like, what what is this, number 20? Uh, 2021, maybe? Um, that, you know, at some point we're going to have to do a Marvel ranking or something, because there are just so many of them at this point. Um, maybe when we do Captain Marvel in, in, the, in the fall or something, we can do something like that. But, like, this sure. is just, it's getting ridiculous at, like... Because the majority of Marvel movies are at least good. Sure. Yeah, like, they are at least, for the most part, above average. Right. I, and like, I think there's maybe two, arguably three movies, depending on you know who you ask, that aren't. Like, for me, um, Dark, Thor the Dark World and Age of Ultron are the two worst. Um, I would go Thor, Hulk... And Age of Ultron are the three worst in my have, opinion. Have you seen Hulk recently? It's actually um, it's it's not bad at all. Like it's certainly not in the top half, but I still think it's it's the best Hulk movie that we've had. It's it's a weird movie though because like nothing of it keeps from the previous. Like n- we have not heard anything of Thunderbolt. We've not heard anything about Abomination. Thunderbolt's and, been in several of the movies. Has he? Yeah, he's um he brought out the Sokovia Accords, he had the, the cameo as a hologram in Infinity War. Okay. Okay. Maybe he's just getting older and I didn't recognize him. Yeah, um, no, it's the same guy. Um right. But like it 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 felt like it has had zero impact on the entire franchise. I I agree I would agree with that, but I, I it's definitely the most tangential of the Marvel movies, other than the fact that it kind of brought in that character. But it was sure. also the second movie that they made, and like they were still finding their feet. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, I think don't... that the recasting of Edward Norton going to you know becoming Mark Ruffalo, you know, made it even feel more isolated. But as a movie, it's pretty solid. There's some cool stuff in there. Um, it's like the only one. It's the weird, really like major character recasting that we've had and it that kind of sets it apart like it's sort of its own thing yeah in my sure. mind for sure um and i think that it's one of those movies that you know i was listening to uh sif pop their podcast i was telling you about it before the show and they did a marvel movie ranking um a couple of months back and when they were doing it they were like yeah everything you know because they'd done it just after infinity war so i think infinity war was 19 and they said like everything like 17 or above is a good movie like yeah and I, I think that Hulk is like that as well. It's like, I think it's a solid movie. Um, and, you know, it would be one of the better DCEU movies, for example. Oh, hell but yeah. But, like, it, because 
it, Marvel, the MCU is so top heavy. Like it's hard to have that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I, no, I'll, no, no, no. Um, so yeah, I, I you know I watched the Hulk not too long ago because you know before Infinity War I did a rewatch of all the the movies, um, and I was surprised at how much I was like, huh, this is better than I remember. Sure. Um. So. Um. Anyway, back to Ant Man. Yeah, we got on a tangent there. Um. So yeah, spoilers for Ant Man and the Wasp if you haven't seen it. Um. I'll probably buy it just because I want to own all the MCU movies. Um, and I'll give it a six and a half, seven in terms of rating. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of browsing through the Wikipedia page right now. I never expected quantum entanglement to be like a, a a link in, in a, in a Marvel movie that takes you to the actual like quantum entanglement page. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but like this, this movie is all about like the quantum realm that, that Scott sort of experienced briefly in the first movie. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the problems that I have with the movie. And they even joke about it in the movie is it feels like they're just thrown any, you know, it was one of the things I've really liked about the Marvel universe is they've always tried to keep it grounded. Like they try and explain why Iron Man suits possible and why, you know, Captain America shield is the way that it is and the science behind Wakanda and all that. And so they they do their best to try and keep it as re, quote unquote realistic as possible. I mean, I mean, I I agree. But as soon as you throw in Doctor Strange and Ant Man, everything goes out the window. Right, but like Doctor Strange, like they just outright say, yeah, yeah, this is magic. Fine. Yeah, like, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Whereas this, they're still trying to make it sciency, and I it it's hard to suspend that disbelief a little bit. I don't um, know. Like the the science is like not the worst I've seen. It's it's not the worst, but ba- and like even Scott just you know joked about it in the ones he's like, do you guys just throw the word quantum in front of everything? I mean, they're not yeah, and yeah, like, pretty I'm, much. As a viewer, I'm like, yeah, that sounds what it's like, like what they're doing, and you know, as a viewer, even like, at least for me, like the physics of a lot of what they're doing don't make any sense, and I'm okay with that. Like, it's I'm, I don't go to a Ant Man of the Wasp movie for you know accuracy in physics but things like you know when the van's really small and driving and and whatnot you know if you're 60 times as small it's gonna feel like you're going 60 times as fast to go at the same speed and you know every bump and whatnot you know like and like when they shrink down the building for example and then like have it like as like a rolling suitcase i just kept thinking like well everything in that building has just been like thrown all over the place what if it's bolted down though right but like you know you're not bolting down every stapler and piece of paper you know i didn't i didn't see many pieces of paper in that move in that building just my point stands <laughs> um and like i, I I'm, I'm okay with it but like it's one of the things that just takes me a little bit out of the movie sure um, and, and it, it definitely felt like it was it was they what definitely went down like into the foundation for when they went into their like science experiment lab place, mm-hmm. and it definitely did not leave a crater. Yeah, no, that building had no foundation. Uh uh-uh. uh uh. Um, so it would have made more sense if they had shrunk down and gone into it that way, right? But you know, but. little things like that kind of took it out. Like I said, the humor like elevated the movie. You know, the stuff with him when he's kind of going through the different sides of the elementary school. The running gag of like the close-up magic, um, the the bit with Luis and the truth serum. Oh God, I was I was almost I was literally I mean it was late, but it was also one of the times in this movie like I was cr- almost crying laughing. Oh, he's like this is a truth serum. It's definitely a truth serum. And then he got starts talking about where Scott is like emotionally. Emotionally, as a I was like, oh, I love you, Luis. You're the best. <laughs> Like I love that they gave that like they brought those characters back and like gave them more to do and gave him another one of those scenes where he's kind of telling a story, um, and then at the end when like they give it to all the villains and it's like this is a truth serum. Oh, and I didn't even I didn't even realize Tom Sharpling was in this movie. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay. we, haven't even, we haven't even talked about Sonny Birch yet, who I thought was pretty solid of a character. Um, you know, yeah, I, I thought they could have done without that character. Um, it felt but, kind of forced, I will did. say. It did, but when you have Ghost, who's not like a true antagonist, I get the reason for having somebody who's in there is like a little bit more straight villain. It, it definitely, it was like, it, it added to the idea of like why you can't just sit down and talk to this person, right. if nothing else. 
And like um, you know, some of the best action, like for me, the the scene with Evangeline Lilly um, in the kitchen was one of the better action moments in the movie. True. Um, when like she's like running along the knife and like makes the salt shaker huge and and all that. Yeah. Um, and things things that um just help kind of make it more of an action movie because you know you're not going to get that kind of a fight scene with the ghost because you know why is the ghost going to be chasing you know them down the freeway or whatever it is you know i mean i mean she's not she's gonna she's just gonna walk through buildings and then show up at the most inopportune time right and so i think that you know having that extra thing lets you be more creative with the action i think um the wasp had the best action um for sure and i think eventually Lee killed it um she was one of the standout performers for me yeah absolutely like she is um she she kind of killed it like and it was it was really weird like to see Michelle, like, like Michelle Pfeiffer, is not a a young actress. No, by any stretch of the imagination. But it was weird to see her look that that old. Mm. Well, it's been a while, I think, since we've seen her in like more mainstream stuff that I can think of. Mm, I mean, what was? Uh, let me see here. I'm just gonna take a look here and see if I can find her. Um, like, I, I feel like she's been in something that we saw re- relatively we- recently. I mean, she was on. She's been in Murder in the Orient Express last year, and she was in Mother. But before yeah. that, she wasn't in anything until 2013. I mean, it, I mean, she's she is only 60. Yeah. Like, and she definitely looked older than 60, in my opinion. Mm. Like. On the topic know. of the age thing, I think Marvel's really hit it out of the park now with being able to de-age people. Sure. Like, in sure. that opening scene, like, she looked, like, when, you know, it had the young version of her and the young version of Michael Douglas, like, they look young. Like, yeah, I believed I mean, she, it. Yeah, she looked like she was in Witches of East to a kick-in. Mm-hmm. Which, and it I was, was just like, wow, this is incredible. Like, between that and, like, Robert Downey Jr. in, um... Whatever movie he was young in, I think that was probably Civil War. Um, it's either Civil War or like, mm, yeah, I think it's Civil War. It's Civil War, yeah, for um, sure. It's Civil War. And then um, when they do it at the beginning of Guardians Two, um, I just thought it was—it's fantastic the way they do it. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, all things considered, like, I—I I don't know what else we can like. There's a there's a lot of stuff that actually happens, but none of it's like overall like. There's a lot of important things that do occur, like him meeting up with the original Goliath, um, with Bill Foster, who ends up kind of being a bad guy, but not really played by yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. But like, you know, I I at least understand where Foster's coming from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know, like, it's. It's a really well self-contained story that I kind of feel you just have to see to 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 really experience. Like, obviously, you have to see to experience because that's a dumb way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's a lot that happens. Yeah, no, it's good fun. Like, it's pretty un- inconsequential overall, save for the end credit scene, which we can talk about. Um, yeah. But it's just fun, um, and hopefully we get to see the Wasp in more of the ensemble movies. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I guess it depends how they do that. So, yeah, moving into the spoilers of like the 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 credit scene, like where that like Scott's the only one left. Yeah, like so. Yeah, the end credit scene is they send Scott back into the quantum realm to do a thing. Um, to, to harvest to harvest quantum energy to help ghosts. Like, yeah, that's so, what they they were doing. Um, and then you know Hank, um, uh, what's the wife's name? Janet. Is that right? Sounds right. Yep. Um, and uh, Hope are all kind of doing the technology stuff outside to make sure he's in there. And then it cuts back to them, and they're kind of disintegrating into ash um, after the effects of Thanos's, uh, well, Thanosing. Um, yeah, snap. So. He's kind of trapped in the quantum realm, and they're gone. And I'm just kind of interested to see how that resolves itself. Um, I mean, really, I mean, it would it would be a shame to lose Paul Rudd as a character. Mm-hmm. But like, 
if they kind of just left him there, I could see that just being kind of a fitting end for Ant-Man. Yeah, but I really don't want them to do that. No, I, 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 <laughs> I really agree. like his character. And also, I think that the Quantum Realm stuff is going to be important in, in, in Avengers 4. Well, I mean, if it's, if, it's, if it's not, it's basically magic that, that Doctor Strange can help fix. Yeah. Like, like any, any technology advance that you don't understand it is, basic, is essentially magic. Yeah, and you know they can always write in some some way for that to work. Like they can be like, oh, you know, vibranium gets people out of the quantum realm or whatever, and, and do that. <laughs> sure, let's go with that. One. I mean, like they could just say that, and then that's how they would do it. Because you know, at this point, vibranium, Doctor Strange, quantum, whatever, they all do whatever it is the screenwriters want them to do. Sure, and so. You know, there's nothing to stop them. And then when you bring in Captain Marvel, who's super powerful, and you know, at least in the comics, I think she has like power of us. You know, some time-related powers as well. Um, like they'll just be able to do what they want, and we yeah. will keep giving them money. Um, and Disney will keep on being Disney. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. So, and I'm not upset about it at this point. So, yeah, I mean, it it was. It was all all things considered, it was a, a solid film. Yeah, like I had fun. I'm, and like I said, I'm I'm really happy with with where it went, like it and and how it how it how it ended up. Like it's it's just a solid film that I don't know. Yeah, man, I don't know where it ranks on my Marvel movies, but it's up there for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably going to be somewhere in the in you know in the middle for me. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and now we have probably the longest break between Marvel movies that we've had in a while. Yeah. Because um, we don't have uh, Captain Marvel until March of next year. So Yeah. yeah. For some reason uh, I thought it was in November, but I don't know why I thought that. Nope. It's, we've had our three this year. Yeah. With, with, um, and we're not going to get another one until... I, I did I did like at the the extra end end credits where it was like where it always says like blank and blank will return mm-hmm. and it had a question mark and I was like oh that's that's very comic booky yeah <laughs> and, I, and I loved it I loved it um, I also liked the end end credit scene although it was maybe not the best with just the ant on the drums I I kind of like the subtext of it though like with with the with the emergency broadcast happening in the background mm-hmm. like that was kind of neat. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I noticed that. I just was like, "Oh yeah, this is the scene from the trailer," and then I kind of got up to leave. So, oh no, no, no! Like there was like as it was panning through Scott's house, like it was um, there was like definitely emergency broadcasts on all the TV, on the radio, and all of that. And the and the ant is just there doing his drumming thing. It was a weird juxtaposition. Hmm. Nice. All right. Cool. Um, well, that's our review for the week. We're going to move on to our next section now. Um, so we'll see you in a sec. The elite. Best of the best. Don't act like you're not impressed. I'm the best. I am better. At what? Everything. Whatever you're asking, the answer is I'm amazing. Alright, so we're doing a top five this week. Um, and because we reviewed Ant-Man and the Wasp, we're going to do the top five bug movies. Um, and we're going to be playing pretty <laughs> fast and loose with what that description is, but we just thought it'd be a fun one to do. Um, uh, as Oliver's, I, Oliver's playing it fast and loose. I stuck pretty close to the No, theme. you did not. I, mm. I've seen your list. There's some there that are tangential. Um, although, my favorite one when I was making the list that I thought about including was Herbie Fully Loaded. I also saw that. I was like, oh, this would be really like, funny. That is a bug. <laughs> I mean, technically, a Volkswagen bug. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So, my number five, I guess I'll get started, is Ender's Game. Um, which isn't the best of movies. Um but I think that it's just fun. Um, it's I really, really like the book. Have you seen the movie or read the book? I've read the book. I have okay. not seen the movie because I hate Ender. The character? or Yes. Okay. I disagree with Ender, and I agree with his brother oh. a lot. Oh. I'm one of those people. <laughs> I've never met anybody that agrees with his brother. But all right. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is a conversation for not now. Yep. Isn't his brother the psychopath? I would use the phrase sociopath, but yes. Well, the one whose entire thing is about causing pain and beating people up? 
Uh, I mean, yes, but, like, he also has a point. Does he? Yes, he does. You also need to read the Ender Shadow books. Mm, I, I read Ender's Game, and then somebody else suggested I read some of the other ones, and I just didn't get into any of them. So, Ender Shadow follows the story of Beans. Mm-hmm. And if you like Beans, like, those stories follow him and teaming up with Peter hmm. as a team to make Earth better. Hmm. I'm not buying into it. Okay, that's fine. I, dis- there, I, it's, I, I it's disagree better. with you, but you're also wrong. It's better than any other Ender's Game book. Mm, Ender's like, Game, for me, is one of those books. I read it in, in a class, actually. Um Wow, like, oh, okay. This is really cool. It was like some kind of it was like modern fiction class. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And, um, you know, I'm really intrigued by this story. And, like, the big reveal at the end was kind of one of those kind of, you know, glass-shattering moments in terms of, like, twist yeah. endings. I was like, wow. Um, and I was interested to see, like, it doesn't translate as well to the screen as it does in the book. And I'm not going to spoil what it is. Um, but it is it is still cool. And I still enjoy it. I think it's one of those things that on, on paper you're able to have a little bit more subtle hints to it. And it can be a little bit more abstract on the screen. But the movie's solid. Um, I'd recommend it if you like the book well enough. I mean, there are some things that I would have liked to have more of. Sure. Um, so, like, when they're in the like the, the battle room or whatever, you know, and doing those games. You know, in the book, that's kind of part of my favorite part, where they're kind of doing the you know, training and learning strategy, and there's only kind of... There's not as much of it as I'd like. Um, sure. There's that, but I, I think the movie is pretty so, um, solid. Um, the characters in the, the... The the bad guys, the aliens, are called buggers in the books. Um, in the movies, I don't remember if they're referred to as buggers, or they're just their regular name, which is Formics, but technically they're buggish, and they have a hive mind, so it counts on my yep. list. So yeah, there you go. That's fine. Um, my my number five is the um, nineteen fifty four black and white film Them, which also made an appearance in Ant Man, which I was all oh, I was so excited about because I love love old science fiction. I didn't. So, I, is that the one they were watching at the end with the drive through? Yes, that was such a cute moment, though. Oh, it was. I mean, this movie surprisingly good. Like, for a uh, 50s nuclear monster bug film, mm-hmm. really solid. Um, like, it, it basically is like, because obviously it's like, oh, we don't really know what radiation does. So it's like, basically the plot is a bunch of giant irradiated ants that happen in New Mexico, and they threaten their national security threat, because giant ants are terrifying, like, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, and they, they discover a, a second queen who's going off to establish a second nest. Which theoretically could spread into larger and larger areas, and that's kind of really scary. Um, and you know, it's it's cheaply made, all things considered. Um, but like the the way that they resolve things, and the fact that it's 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 kind of, it's I don't want to maybe I take it back. It's cheaply made, like it's. It's surprisingly well made, but it, it definitely has not aged super well, I guess is the way I want to put it. I mean, whenever you um, have effects in, like, the 50s like that, like, it's gonna be... Yeah, but, like, at the same time, like, I feel Jurassic Park has aged extremely well for almost being 30 years old. Right, but there's a difference between 30 years old and nearly 70. Sure. Um, also, well, like, it's got 100% overst- on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, this movie's great. Like, this is well worth your time. Like, it, there's no reason not to watch this. Um, like, it, it it almost feels a little bit like the... If you combine, like... This is going to sound weird, but the, if you combine the creature from the Black Lagoon with Alien, <laughs> you would get them. Oh, that sounds awesome. I'm going to see that. Okay. Yeah. Um, no. Nice. Although, I want to circle back to, you know, the, the scene in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which we didn't really talk about when we were doing our review, that I really liked... Um, I really loved how they used the sizing for comedic effect sure. um, and like little throwaways, like when Luis is driving his car over the hill and he's screaming and then it pans out and, you know, the other car's behind him and it's huge. Um, and like just a little like 
throw off gags where it's like, oh, you think that they're normal size, or you think that they're small size, and actually, you know, there's something else. And you know, yeah. you think by the end of it, you could kind of like tune into it, but like they still manage to to throw it on there for a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. Um, on that, and- my number four is the original Ant Man. Sure. Um, I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I love Paul Rudd. He's quickly becoming one of my favorite comedic actors. Um, even in movies that he's in that aren't that good, I'm really enjoying him. Um, so I watched uh, Role Models recently. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. But man, it, the, the fact that Paul Rudd is almost 50 is wild to me. Because he looks the same as he did in... Um, in Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, he is amazing. I, I want whatever he and Keanu Reeves are having. And I you have mean, way. You mean blood because they're vampires. Yes. Yes. Um, but, you know, role models and then I Love You Man. Like, his kind of, like, dumb comedies like that. I just really enjoy them. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that he, like, has a surprising amount of range is always really enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, he always surprises me in, like, everything that he's in that I've seen, he's been one of the standout parts of it. Mm-hmm. Just, like, he, I mean, we've talked about this at length, but, like, his small role in things like, you know, forgetting Sarah Marshall, just, like, this is incredible and I love it. Uh, and if you hadn't brought that up, like, I was almost about to watch that, like, two nights ago, and I was like, man, I forgot he was in that, because he just so absorbs himself into that weird, like, Surfer dude character. Uh, he's he's my favorite. One of my favorite parts of that movie. And whenever like there is something different going on with the weather, like if it's hot or if it's cold or you know if it's raining a lot, I'll just be like, the weather outside is weather, you know, because <laughs> it's just <laughs> so amazing. Sure. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that's my number four. Cool. Um, my number four, and this is the only one that's really not related to bugs, I guess technically, but it's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. There are bugs in the movie. <laughs> there are a lot of bugs in the movie. There are ants in the movie that they ride and become good friends with. There's a, a scorpion that surprised me as a kid showing up in a backyard that really scared me. Um, it's it's a I don't it's a it's an impressive film mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Um. Uh, I mean, it, for the longest time, it was the highest-grossing live-action Disney film ever. Yeah. Um, I, from nine, from eighty-nine to ninety-five, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't remember what replaced it. That's in, But still, um, like it is, it's it's a it's a really clever original idea. That is an adventure in a backyard. Yeah. That's basically what the movie boils down to. The the kids befriend pet, like, um, befriend animal, like, weird, weird, uh, bugs throughout the film. Um, mm-hmm. like the ant. I don't remember if they befriended the, the daddy long legs in this or honey, we shrunk ourselves. I don't remember. Although but, I, all I, all I, like, the two standout moments of this movie for me, uh, well, the always latch on is they make oatmeal cream pies look amazing. Yes. Um, and the remote control lawnmower is just a bad idea. Period. Like it's well, fun. And, but and it's those are things idea. now. Yeah, but mm. you have a, you can have a Roomba for your lawn. Oh, that sounds real scary. It does, but also, when we like, also we don't have shrinking technology, so that's fair. That we know of. Sure. This just in the government is hiding shrinking technology from us. <laughs> They're planting bugs in our brains or whatever. I don't know. Conspiracy nonsense. Mm, yep, and the the fluoride in the water is doing weird stuff to you. <laughs> it's making the frogs gay. God, I was gonna do it, but I <laughs> didn't know if it was appropriate or not. Oh, Alex Jones can go to hell. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with saying that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Edgy. That's what Six Rows Back is known for. Um, yeah. Our hot takes. Edward Jones, a bad person. No, Alex Jones. Edward Jones is a financial company. Mm, Alex, oh God, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost one o'clock here. I'm Fair sorry. Enough. No, it's good. Um, Edward Jones 
Don't know anything about him. He might have been swell. He might have been not. We don't know. Also, Papa John's a bad person as well. <laughs> okay, we're getting seriously off base here. <laughs> hey, that's, that's my number four. How do you strike the kids? <laughs> nice. Uh, my number three is another movie we've talked about a lot on the podcast, and that's District 9. Mm-hmm. I mean, Neil I know Pumpkin. the aliens are called prawns, but they're bugs. They're basically bugs. Um, also, I learned something really interesting about this movie not too long ago. Um, so, originally, Peter Jackson was making a, a movie version of the Halo video games. Oh. And so he shot a bunch of stuff for it, and then it, you know, it got placed on hold, so he was just like, Hey, Neil, Neil Blomkamp, like, I have some footage, do you want to use it? And that's kind of how District 9 came about. Interesting. Yeah. Because, like, you can totally, say like, that, like, a lot of the weaponry... they're very much like covenant weaponry yeah Mm. i'm just like oh that's really interesting and now we're getting a a halo tv series on showtime which i'm kind of excited about um are you i am i love the halo video games they were the first shooters that i ever played Uh, okay and it could be real bad and it very much might be oh it's going to be but i promise you like in the grand scale of video game-based entertainment that we have outside of video games, um, I'm, I'm down for it. Like, um, I mean, uh, to be fair, nothing's going to ever top the best movie. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Uh, the Super Mario Bros. movie is the best. Mm-mm. False. Although we're getting <laughs> another Super Mario Bros. movie. I know. From I the makers that. of Minions. Yep. And I'm probably going to go see it. Because you hate yourself. Uh, well, I really like Mario. Let's go with that one. Fine. Fair. I just, uh, I'm hoping the Halo series is at least solid. Like, I hope, you know, it's on Showtime, so that tells me that they're going to actually have some, you know... It's not going to be like an ABC type thing where the effects look terrible and, like, they can't swear and they can't show us actually shooting anything. Well, to be fair, they, the Hannibal was on eight NBC... Right, what I mean is, like, you know, Showtime, like, it, they're going to be able to do more adult content, um, and kind of push that a little bit, which I think works. Because I think, sure. depending on, like, I don't know what story they're planning on telling, you know, maybe they've reached it, um, but there's a lot of cool stories in the Halo universe that they could do, I don't think that they'll just do, like, a replay of the first games, basically, you know. I think they might start with like a you know a story set in that universe or something because I think the idea of having you know you know the Master Chief as a, a character that you follow you know the whole point of his character for me in the games is that he's kind of an empty shell that you fill with the player. And mm-hmm. I think it's hard to make at least in, in the early games um, it's hard to make that into somebody convincing. So I think they'd have to go maybe with a different story or you know follow it kind of as a, a third-person omniscient type thing where you look at the human characters as well. Like, the real I, human characters, not the super soldiers. Yeah, I'd, I'd much... I'd, honestly, I'd much rather watch a Band of Brothers-style series based on the ODST. Ooh. That's my opinion. But I will just leave that there. Nice. I mean, I didn't like Halo ODST the game. No, 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 that's fine. But, but that I think, sounds cool. I think cool. there's something there. there. There is definitely something there. Let's get Bruckheimer on the phone. Uh... <laughs> Brooke Abbott, give us money, please. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll do what you want. I mean, if it was on Netflix, the show would have been made already. Um, it's like that. Have you seen that South Park episode where they're kind of making fun of Netflix? No, I have not. Oh, uh, because, like, Netflix has, like, a helpline or whatever that you can call, like, if you have suggestions for shows that they should brought on and whatnot. And they were doing it, and, like, one of the characters was calling them, and they're like, hello, you greenlit. This is Netflix. You know, just as a way to like, <laughs> have, like, a million shows coming out. It's like, this is Netflix, you greenlit. You know, if Adam if, if Adam Sandler can make six movies through them, then you know you can get a, a Halo series going. So, yeah. Probably. Anyway, um, Halo apparently was my number three. No, uh, District Nine was my number three. <laughs> um, my number three is oh, kind of a weird pick because it it no, deals with you have a weird pick. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> sure, fine. It it actually it deals with actual bugs. And that's um, in 1996, Microcosmos, hmm. which is a documentary about bugs. Hmm. Um, it is um, it is done. It was directed by Claude uh, Nerdancy. Um, like, terrible at French. It's all it's a French documentary, um, but it is in 
in, um, like the the <laughs> the French name translates to "people of the grass," which is great. Um, and it's 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 very much what Jacques Cousteau was doing in water. What to bugs? Like it is very much up and close and personal. It's an hour and twenty minutes. It's it's some of the best macro footage I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it it holds a ninety it holds a ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it, arguably it, so far your movies have been better than my movies. Um, which like, is weird critically <laughs> usually you're like hmm this weird japanese movie that no one's ever heard of that has a 14 on well, rotten tomatoes but i swear it's quirky fun we are um, not done with our, our picks yet <laughs> i mean both of my movies on my list of are, are good movies i yeah we'll see um but yeah like I don't, I don't really know where to go with a documentary like it's it is exploring bugs and it it is um it's basically like filming bugs and how they interact with other bugs. Like I don't know what you want. Like it is very well shot. It's it kind of tells a weird story, but about a praying mantis, <laughs> but not really. Um, I don't know. Like it it just is a nice look at a world I don't think a lot of people have experienced. Is yeah. all. That's fair. Yeah, nice. that's that's my that's my number three. Nice. All right. Uh, my number two then is the nineteen eighty six version of The Fly. Oh, with Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Sure. I really like this movie. It's quirky fun, and like I know the original, a lot of people like that one better. But I, I don't know. I just have a, a soft spot for this. Um, would it Would it surprise you if I've never seen either? It would very much surprise me. I think it's right up your alley. I have never seen either. In terms of like, you know, body horror sci fi, like. I know, right? It's like the OG, and like it's that's what it is, and especially considering uh, you know you have a softball for Rick and Morty, and they love David Cronenberg <laughs> for weird reasons. Um, yeah, he's a weird, weird man. Mm-hmm. He's still alive, so I can say that. But he's a weird man. Hundred percent. I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> um, but no, the fly is fantastic. Actually, I saw this thing recently after I watched um, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, which. Ugh. Um, I'm sorry. It's fine. It was like a, a screenshot of something on Tumblr, and it was like, with all these Jurassic Park movies and Jurassic World movies showing how bad it is for um, us to bring dinosaurs back, I have an idea for the only sequel that they should make. It takes place millions of years into the future, where mm. the dinosaurs... Have you seen this one? Yeah. <laughs> it's like where the dinosaurs have taken over and are now the dominant species, and then the dinosaur scientists make... Um, you know, decide to use extinct human DNA to bring back humans and they bring one back and it's Jeff Goldblum but plus twist, it's the fly. Yeah, they, <laughs> they also accidentally combine it with fly DNA and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's, that's really, that would be cute. I would watch I think, that movie and it would be better than the other ones. I, I think I think I saw the the Sue um, the T-Rex retweet like, t- retweet that story plot because by the way, if you're not following Sue on Twitter, you probably should, because they have strong feelings about the Jurassic Park movies. Oh, wait, Sue the Dinosaur from, like... The, the... Field Museum. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. I will do that. Um... They are they are wonderful, and they tweet about Dungeons & Dragons. Like, the person who runs that Twitter account is perfect. <laughs> I love, like, when things that shouldn't be funny on Twitter become funny on Twitter. Like yeah, it's 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 wonderful. So nice. Um, but yeah, that's my number two. Yeah, um, my number two is Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which is a weird Japanese movie. Thanks, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, well, how um, do you spell that? I C A A N A U S I C A A with an umlaut over it. Okay, eighty-seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes, so that's fine. I said fourteen because yeah. you know usually yeah. your movies. Never mind. I'm not going to. Which I'm is gonna push it. the negative value of what it's bad about, basically. Uh, um, yeah, fourteen <laughs> percent of people don't like it. Um, I don't know. It it is. It's a post-apocalyptic movie um, that is based on a a, a really popular uh, a manga series that follows this girl who is trying to better the world. Um, and there's a lot of weird bugs in it. Like, um, 
they're and you know she tries to make them her friends throughout the entire thing and it's directed by Miyazaki and it's it's beautiful it's weird and Shia LaBeouf does some of the dubbing in it for the American version and it's it's wonderful um the dub I'm trying to remember who is else is in the dub off the top of my head um it's got a weirdly good dub um here uh have you I assume you have not seen this Uh, what gives you that idea well, considering you're not saying a th- single thing. Yeah, no, um, I have never heard of this at all. Sure. Um, I mean, take I, I watched this in my anime club in, <laughs> in high school. Um, crap, and I just cannot for the life of me find the English cast. But yeah, Shia LaBeouf is definitely in this. He does a voice. Um, yeah. And this is yeah. a Miyazaki film? It's a Miyazaki film. Did he just have, like, a bad week where he was like, I'm going to make this thing that no one's ever going to talk about? I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia now, and Shia LaBeouf is not the only famous person who's an English voice actor. No, like I said, it is a very good cast list. Like, Patrick Stewart and Uma Thurman are also in this. And Mark Hamill. Yeah. I'm very confused. Yeah, I, man, like, you need to watch just all of the Miyazaki films. I'm catching up, okay? Like, I'm getting there. <laughs> I, I'm going back because I, you know, you're my friend, and I love you, and I'm like, you know what? He might have a thing here. I'll go back and watch Miyazaki. So I, I've got through most of them, I think, at this point, or at least many of them. Uh, okay. So, I, I got through is not right. I enjoy most of them, so. Cool. Um, well, so, that's, that's, that's my number two. Yeah, like it's it's a good film. Like the the I would argue the manga is better, just because there's it, oh, it the manga runs like ten volumes, and the movie is cover, tries to cover all of that in an hour and a half, and it just it can't. It does fine, but it it just can't. You know. Um, anyway, yeah. Um. So number one for you, probably the same as you. Uh, it, Bugs it is, yeah. It's it's gotta be Bugs Life. Like really, like as soon as we made this list, we knew Bugs Life was number one, right? Yeah, I mean, what else is it gonna be? I nearly said ants just to mess with you. Oh, you monster! I mean, the I, movie's I, bad. No, it's fun. I like that movie. Mm, um, no, no, it's bad. Um, I, it is bad. No, actually, no. I, I retract that. It is not bad. It is quite good. It's just not as good as Bugs Life. And they had the unfortunate <laughs> thing where they came out in the same year, and people were like, hmm, "Let's make two movies about ants." Like, ants is good. I stand yeah. by that. It's not Bugs Life, but it is good. It's got Woody. I don't know, man. Like, it, it's it's got a lot of problems with it. It does. You know, the animation isn't nowhere near as good as Pixar's, so it doesn't hold up as well. But I like the movie Ants. I used to watch that a lot with my brother. Um, well, I, did. I did too. But like in hindsight, mm-mm. no, absolutely, Ants is is bad. It has a like, 96, 90, yeah, ninety six on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I guess I'm in one of the four percent that do not like that movie. Yes, yeah. we are in the four percent of critics that disagree because you know we're known for being. Yeah, I mean the audience hey. score is a lot lower, so. To be fair, if we could get on, <laughs> if we can get on that that critic list, you know we're gonna throw things off. I mean, yeah. To be I'm, fair, I'm gonna throw oh, things off. Ants has a higher Rotten Tomatoes score than Bugs Life. You monster! Bugs do Life, not do this. Bugs Life is a 92. Mm, I hate everything. I hate this world. But why? Why Bugs Life is perfect. Bugs Life is such a perfect movie. It's a, it's Seven Samurai, but with bugs. I mean, to be fair, if you're, so, I mean, I'm on, I'm on your side. Bugs Life is amazing, but if you're saying Ants is problematic because Woody Allen is in it, like yes, Kevin Spacey, yeah, but he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy in that movie. He's a bad guy in real life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's why we can hate him. Eh, I don't know if that tracks, but I'll let you have that one. Hmm. Anyway, fair enough. No, I, 
Um, anyway, this this talk about Bugs Life suddenly started talking about ants a lot. Now, Bugs Life is incredible. We've talked about it at length on the show, so I don't think we need to go into too much more detail about it. But, yeah, not really. Yeah. But like, it's 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 worth watching. Yeah. Um, what are some of your honorable mentions? Uh, I had something, and I mentioned it before we started recording, but I do not remember anymore. Well, um, well, while you think about that, I've got Charlotte's Web. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love that book. I really love that movie. Uh, I've only seen the 2006 version. I know there's an earlier version of the movie, but I haven't seen it. And then the one that I've talked about in the past on the show that I know is your one of your favorite movies, and that's B-Movie. Sure. Do you like jazz? Uh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure in one of the montages, because, you know... Um, the you know those of you that listen to the show like the transition segments that we have between sections I put them together you know did about you, a month or did so you, there did is you de- use... one of them has a a a, a B movie co- um, clip in it I think it's in, a, in you, the recast montage can you just tell that I don't listen to our show <laughs> this is put out I mean to be fair I don't think he would have recognized it it's it's a clip from when he um the main B Barry B Benson um, Esquire why. Um, Why? Which is a lawyer? You haven't seen B movie? I have seen B movie. He goes and he's a lawyer. I don't know if he has a law degree, but you know, I can say Esquire. Um, but he's like Esquire means you're a lawyer. I don't know if he has a law degree, but he practices law in the movie, so I'm giving it to him. He does a good job. Um, and he's he tries his best. <laughs> he does his best, and that's what matters with the law program. Um. But no, he's like flipping through his uh his sweaters, or he's like black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Ooh, yellow, black, yeah. Let's switch it up a little. So that clip of him saying "Yeah, let's switch it up a little" is in the montage for our recasting. Uh, uh, to be fair, that's a, that's a pretty good line. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So shut up. Um, I well, uh, honorable mention James of the Giant Peach. By the way, that was it. That was it. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Um, so that's our show for the week. Um, full disclosure: we have no idea what we're talking about next week. <laughs> Um, there are a couple of movies coming out um, that we are varying levels of interested in. Um, Hotel Transylvania 3. Uh, yeah, that's one of the varying level ones. Um, <laughs> um, there's a, there's some unlimited release that I really want to see, but probably won't come to where I live. Um, Bo Burnham's directorial debut is coming out. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so excited for that. It's called 8th Grade. It's from A24. Like... Everything about it says it should be good, but it's only a limited release, and I doubt it's going to come to Bloomington. So, um, it might come to Madison. Yeah, we'll see. If I, it, it 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 will probably come to Chicago or Milwaukee. Yeah, honestly, unlimited release. And if I was in Chicago, or Milwaukee, I would definitely go see it. But like, not likely, unfortunately. Um, but no, I, I would definitely like to see that. Um, I want to see, and I don't know when exactly it comes out, but like I thought it was this month, um, and that's uh, Sorry to Bother You. Oh, yes. Like, that movie looks so buck wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard good things about it, and I've heard people saying, like, this is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, but it's also kind of great. So, yeah. Um, the main movie this weekend is uh, Skyscraper, the... Uh, uh, Dwayne Johnson movie that looks like all of his other movies. Uh, it'll be serviceable. Did you see the thing I tweeted out from my Twitter account? Mm, the, no. His, the, the, so the, the poster for the Skyscraper movie is a direct copy, pretty much, of the original Die Hard poster. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm sure they did it deliberately, but I'm, I, you know, I just found it and I like, tweeted out. I was like, I see what you did then. <laughs> Actually, can we just get Die Hard remade with The Rock? No, go to hell. Absolutely not. Okay, no, nope. fine. If they make that, I'll, I will quit movies. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm just gonna text Hollywood right now. <laughs> sure, you you got them on the speed dial. Like, hey, I need to get this guy to stop doing movies. <laughs> yes, I have too much invested in this. No, <laughs> um, I have I have a dare to win. <laughs> Yeah, but no, like, the whole... Pro- I'm not going to go on a rant about Die Hard now, but the whole concept of the first Die Hard is that John McClane is a regular person, and there's no universe in which you believe The Rock is a regular person. Sure. Like, unless he goes full, like, Christian Bale and The Machinist, which, in which case, I would pay to see the movie. Um, 
That would be wild, actually. Can you imagine the rock, but little? Like, can you imagine the pebble? Like... (laughs) (laughs) Dwayne the Pebble Johnson. Oh, God. Um, So, oh, God, this is really off-tangent, but I I listened to this podcast where where somebody is... um, where somebody went to school with Roman Reigns, who is, like, one of the biggest wrestlers right now, and they insulted her for her bad breath in fifth grade, and it was it was a very, very funny uh, story, but that's neither here nor there, I guess. So, you can cut that. Uh, I probably won't, because that sounds like effort. <laughs> you can enjoy that, Rent listeners. Um, Perfect. I'm going to say this is a good place to wrap it up after that nonsense, and also my... A-plus joke of Dwayne the Pebble Johnson. Um, But thank you, as always, for listening. Um, We'll be back, hopefully, next week with some more talking about stuff. Um, But, as always, thank you very much for listening. Go ahead to SoundCloud, Six Rows Back Podcast. Go to Twitter, um, at Six Rows Back is our handle. That is the number six, R-O-W-S-B-A-C-K. Email is the same, sixrowsback at gmail.com. And... To be fair, I think you're just going to enjoy it. Um, you're going to enjoy getting in touch with us. We will respond. We will interact with you. It'll be lovely. But send us your questions. We will answer our, them on air. Um, yeah, our engagement needs it. So. Exactly. Um, let us have social interaction through the guise of the internet. Um, but yeah, send us your questions, your suggestions. If there's a movie coming out that you want us to look at, we will do our best to do so. If there's an older classic film that you want us to you know, break down... You know, send us that as well. If there's some Miyazaki film that I've never heard of that you want us to watch and review, if there is, you know, a classic movie like The Fly that maybe Matt hasn't seen that we can take up, um, you know, send it out. Probably, probably surprising most people. Yeah, but. Um, but we're happy to do that. So send us also those, all those places. You can also find them in the show notes below. Um, if you are using iTunes, we would very much appreciate a rating. Go on, if you're using on an iPhone, you can just swipe up from the bottom and you can find us there and give us uh, a review, which we would obviously very appreciate. Um, but with that, thank you as always for listening. Uh, I've been Oliver. I've been Matt. And this has been Six Rows Back. Six Rows Back.